Welcome back to the Dry Podcast. Today, I've given Crystal a day off and Andy has also got a day off. And I've brought in my mate, Rich Caseman, also known as Running Dry Rich, the ledge, the veteran of the dry space, the leader of the Running Dry crew, the crazy man behind crazy runs, which we're going to talk all about, but also just the link between running and sobriety, which for me personally was massive, which is why I'm so passionate about what we're going to talk about. So, Rich, welcome to the pod, mate. Thanks, mate. I like the fact that you call me a veteran. Is that because I'm over 40? <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, do you know what? Because this app's been going for, I mean, we've only known each other probably like, I don't know, over a year, like the same as I've known everyone in Drive for a year because it's only existed for over a year. But when you look yeah. back at people like you that I feel like since a sort of day oneers, uh, you're veterans, mate. You, you know, you're always going to yeah. be a veteran of Drive. Chris Hood, shout out to you. Robbie Clement, you know, the, the the veteran crew they're all out there yeah yeah now i suppose we are sort of veterans of veterans of dry aren't we really and like i suppose the life members are a bit like that as well but uh i certainly don't feel like a veteran in terms of my sort of physical ability at the moment quite the opposite mate. i'm i feel like i'm at the peak of my physical abilities right now at 43 as well who'd have thought it i can't argue with you mate when, when i see the things you do and i yeah, look, I've been a, a decent runner in my time. Like when I get my, when I get really focused on it, and I I really love it, and I can get right in the zone. I, I feel like you know I've run a marathon, I've run half marathons, all that stuff, which is half of the course these days, I think. But you've obviously done some crazy ultra marathons, and you've got some crazy plans ahead as well. So, what what's the what's the let's just dive straight into this. What's the what's the longest run you've actually done while we're on that topic? Yeah, so. Ultra marathons has been something that's kind of come into my sort of running repertoire, if you like, in the last sort of 18 months, really. Like I was before that, I was for, for quite a few years, I've been running marathons, probably about 10 years, been running marathons. And then prior to that, you know, starting from park run, really, right through the sort of the, the distance ranges. But the ultra stuff has only really come into it in the last 18 months. Um, and since last summer, like going out and finding a group of just incredible like-minded people in the Peak District, which is in um, sort of Derbyshire area, kind of west of Sheffield, really, and it's south of me in Leeds, about an hour drive from where I live. And just found this incredible group on Instagram, reached out to them. I was like, that looks like fun. And I'd only ever really done running by myself, kind of my own. It was all very insular. It was all quite, almost quite selfish. It was like my running plan. It was, you know, my splits, my times, my you know, my training program to stick to, it was my PBs, you know, all that kind of thing. And, and all the training I was ever doing was basically on the road, like pounding the pavement. And I loved it, loved it to bits, but I kind of got to the point where I was like, it's such think, is this all it is? You know, is this all it is? Just kind of consecutive, you know, keep going, you know, same runs, same locations, you know, just keep trying to sort of beat PBs and things like that. And then I joined this group in the Peak District, the Peaky Runners, they're called, they're brilliant. And uh, there's about 200 people in the WhatsApp group now and probably about a 1,000 of them on the Instagram page. And uh, it's just a social group. It's not even competitive. We just meet up whenever we can. You know, they do social runs once a month. And I got out there in the Peak District and I just fell in love with it immediately, being up high, being with other people. When you're running, when you've got elevation involved like that, it's running up hills and mountains, basically. You, you slow it down. The run becomes a lot slower and it's less about competitive. It's about, it's more about, completing it and to be able to do those type of runs you actually have to run a lot slower to preserve your energy so that's where it sort of spurred from and then 
November last year, I signed up to my foot. They were all talking about ultramarathons. And I was like, ultramarathons? Oh, I never thought about that. And they're all, there's people around me thinking, well, they don't look like they're necessarily any better than me at running or could, you know, any any fitter than me or whatever. And some of them are even older than me. I was like, sounds like something I better get involved with. So I signed up to my first ultra in November last, uh, 2022, sorry, which was a 35-mile ultra around a reservoir. So it was fairly flat, that one. It was a good entry level if you like ultra 35 miles and uh and loved it luckily a good mate of mine that i've not seen i've used to play five aside with haven't seen him in about 15 years he noticed that i post made a post on social media and reached out and went i've been running loads recently i'm well up for doing this that should i join you i was like yeah do it mate definitely we hadn't seen each other in about 15 years the first time we saw each other was on the start line of this this ultra so we just ran this 35 mile ultra non-stop chatting because we hadn't spoken to each other probably for 15 years so we were just catching up about life and kids and running and football and business and all this kind of stuff it was brilliant and it just like i was like i love this this is fantastic this is like a it's like a sort of an ongoing seven hour picnic just like stopping and having like a nibble on some food every now and again and chat up and then obviously got that one done and thought right what's next i'm just one of these people a bit like you where it's like you do one thing, you know, you do one hard thing and it kind of almost becomes part of your comfort zone. You know, that sort of circle of what you feel is achievable, you know, goes from being unachievable to being within reach. And then it's like, right, well, I've done that now. I know I can do that. Now what's next? What's the next thing to stretch me? And so I sort of signed up in the start of 2023, start of last year, this time last year. I um I signed up to three ultra marathons in the space of like the first seven months of the year, and in hindsight, it was probably a bit much. I did overcommit myself a little bit in terms of training because I was just in a petrol cycle of training. Um, but yeah, loved it. Did, did did three different sort of ultras. Two of them were sort of proper organised events, um, and then one was just a run with some mates, which was like thirty-five miles, and then one was about seventy-five k. So what's that? That's about 47 miles, I think, something like that. And then the longest one I did was 50 miles, which is called the Pennine Barrier, um, takes in the Yorkshire Three Peaks, um, not far from from where I live in Leeds. And, uh, yeah, it's an incredible experience. And um, the thing I love about these events is it's almost like a um, – it's almost like life. It's like a metaphor for life, like taking something that feels totally unachievable at first glance – and then chunk it down into small manageable chunks, break it down. And you can pretty much do anything you want, really. And, you know, as you, it's about making progression over perfection. You know, and I, I love that sort of process that you go through. And then when you get there and race day, you know, you've done all the hard work. Um, and race day really is just the cherry on the cake. It's the victory lap. You know, you've now you've done all the, all the hard work. You can just go out and enjoy it unbelievable mate unbelievable 50 miles and how i've got so many questions as a as an amateur runner that i want to bring up because i feel like there's many people that a will have the same questions but b will have the same concerns because i want to start off with uh asking you about your training so when you run 50 miles how many miles do you track what's the longest run you ever do do you ever run 50 miles or is it like you do you sort of taper off from 30 or something yeah you don't ever run that distance i mean even when you do a marathon you don't really tend to run a marathon in, in training um if you're doing a marathon you'd probably go up to you want to go up to about 20 miles 
18 to 20 miles, you kind of you'd get away with the last sort of six to eight miles without sort of. So you say that like. <laughs> you say that. <laughs> so when I did the marathon, I got told this right, and I and this is why I'm questioning it because they were like the last six miles you'll do you just sort of do it. I'm like, okay, cool. So you hear yeah, the crowd will get you over the line and all that, mate. When I got to 18 miles, there was a long way home. I tell you, and the last you know six miles, the last 10k is an awful long way, and I was thinking to myself, I wish I'd have trained up to 26 miles and got it in my head and done it and actually known that I can do it and then I think it would have helped me on the day but why do people why is that why is that a rule why don't you just do that is that because you don't want to sort of do it before you actually achieve it yeah yeah partly that I think for a lot of people when they've when they when they're going out and training for these things for a lot of people it's the first time they do it and like the idea of going out and and running that distance in training a it's going to knacker you and probably for most people they haven't got enough time in their training block to be able to get up to that distance so you kind of get yourself to a point where it's where you're comfortable enough with the the last bit being essentially mind over body you know whether it's like five six k you know maybe 10k tops that last bit you know you should on the day be able to find that the theory is you find that extra bit through the crowd pushing you along you know taking nutrition on energy gels uh, electrolytes that sort of thing um and you just kind of find that last bit you know it's just that 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 sort of mindset thing isn't it like kind of 90 percent of it really is in your head um but also there's when you're training for the ultra stuff there isn't really any incremental benefit that you're going to get in training for an event like that in running more than sort of 35 40k so about a marathon distance like you're not going to be on that distance you're not your your body's not going to get any incremental benefit towards conditioning for the event itself which kind of probably sounds a bit weird to some people but what you're actually better off doing and which is what i've done is um training yourself to run on tired legs and the best way you can do that is doing things like bat to bat long runs like so there'd be days where i would go out and do you know, one day I might run 30K the next day, which is like three quarters of a marathon. The next day I'd go out and run like 15, 20K, which is kind of a half marathon. So I would be running on tired legs. So I'm just more about training myself to get used to the feeling of, you know, that kind of fatigue in your legs, that kind of, you know, being able to sort of push through that pain barrier and just overcome, you know, that that feeling of being feeling tired and thinking, oh, I'm not sure I can do this and just mentally you know train your brain to say no keep going can you the other thing you've got to say is can you take one more step and if if you can which is you know 99 percent of the time you can take one more step then just keep doing that yeah unbelievable unbelievable mental strength and do you think what's we obviously you know as uh, many people may not know but i'm sure they do dry is an alcohol free space um and you are alcohol free, as am I. Do you think you'd have done that, or have you ever done anything like this before when you were a drinker? Do you think it's possible to do these ultra marathons as a drinker? And um, do you meet people at races that are doing these crazy things like you that are oozing at the same time? Uh, yes. Yeah, you can. Of course, you can still do it. You know, you don't have to be a non drinker to be able to do events like this. There are, you know, lots of people that probably lots of people that drink and smoke weirdly enough i always find wow. the smoking the smoking part of it i think i, I find even stranger in many ways because obviously that affects your your breathing your lung capacity um but yeah 100 percent. like I, I think for me would i have done it 
if would I have done these things if I was still drinking? But perhaps, 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 yeah, I probably would have done. I think because I was, I, I think I still my running journey would still have gone down the same path in terms of that, you know, desire to sort of push myself. I think the difference was the the biggest difference was stopping drinking was almost like a catalyst for me to be able to have that a self belief, but then also that that kind of confidence and that desire to to do something that you know go on that sort of hero's journey adventure that Andy always talked about. You know, it's like when you take remove alcohol, it's like right, what am I going to do now with this newfound superpower? It's like right, I feel like I'm. I'm almost unstoppable you know what what can I do what's the next challenge so I think going alcohol free was definitely a catalyst to me to me looking at different challenges within running um and then also wanting to to get out and, and join groups of other runners as well because you know it was one of the things that I've sort of used in terms of connection since I've been alcohol free I've used my running groups that I've got and then other running groups that I've joined um to sort of, you know, broaden my horizons and my circle of, of friends and connections, really, you know, because I think before I went alcohol-free, I just, I had quite a small, immediate circle of mates. And it was, you know, my mates from uni, really, and I still love them to bits, but now it's like, I've started meeting loads of people everywhere and getting involved with different communities and running groups. So I think you, yeah. I think you would, you would be able to do it. You like alcohol, like for anything in life, as we people are alcohol free know is like a kryptonite and so in terms of training like it would make things a lot harder like if you're having to wake up on a hangover and feeling a bit sluggish and lethargic constantly trying to sort of battle through that to then get out and do like you know 30 35 mile training runs or go and do hill sprints on a cold wet snowy january morning you know it's just you know, being alcohol-free just gives you that clarity and focus and the determination, you know, and that energy that you, you don't have when you're still drinking. Yeah, exactly. That's why I think they're so interlinked. So for my story was, obviously, I gave up in lockdown, which was obviously a bit of a double whammy because I was able to ditch the booze and be away from the lights and the brights and the bars of the West End, which is one great thing. But obviously, I gave up drinking as well and and enabled me to be at home. So I was at home, giving up drinking, away from the bars, and I was like, right, what should I do? I had time. I had more time. It was obviously amplified because I was furloughed. So it wasn't like most people give up drinking and gain more time, but this was like an extreme version. So mm. I was – and also that beautiful weather, if everyone in the UK remembers when we went into lockdown, yeah. it was like beautiful weather. I was like, right, I'm going to get a run in because running – I always dabbled in, did the odd part run, you know, like I said, did the odd half marathon. Did it, I actually did the marathon while I was drinking as well, um, although – I think that definitely didn't help. <laughs> didn't help my performance, I say. Uh, I remember on the day, I remember this is how when it crazy is looking back. I remember the night before the marathon and I was like, I was talking to my dad. I was like, I'm not going to, he was like, do you want a beer? I was like, no, no, I'm not going to have one. I'm, I think if I, I think it's probably the best thing I'll do if I don't have a drink before the marathon. And I was like, this deadly serious conversation about the fact I thought I was being like holier than now, having no, no beers yeah. the night before, but I've been smashing it for the last 25 years of my life um but yeah I think for, yeah for, for me so I got outside you know I had more time beautiful sunshine felt re-energized like you do when you give up drinking and I remember going for that first run I'm thinking oh it's just like all that beautiful energy you have from being sober even in the early days it's just yeah. amplified you know because you, you get that 
buzz, it's serotonin rushing through your body. You vibrate at such a high level. And I just couldn't wait to get out again. It was only the fact that my legs were so broken. It took me a while to sort of condition myself to be able to do it. Yeah. But then I remember the next day thinking, I want to go out again, but I can't, my legs don't move. And I was then got into sort of stretching and figuring all that out. And before yeah. I knew it, I was running sort of 20, 25K a week. Um, and it was getting easier and easier. And I was taking minutes off off my times. And just the more you do that, the better you feel. And yeah, for me, it just it was just an unbelievable aid to my sobriety. I think I'll always owe running so much for that. Totally. But like anything, after a while, you you know, you get used to it and you think, oh, I don't need that anymore. I'm sort of sober now. I don't sort of need that leg up or I start doing weights or I start doing cycling or spinning or whatever it is. And, but I've always, I've always come back to running because it's my sort of go-to. It's always, got, I've got a close relationships with it because of that sobriety journey, because I think as well, it enables you to, uh, get into get in and out of your own head. You know, if, if ever I'm stressed or um, I need to think about something, or you can create something. You know, I've created dry when I was running. I created some of the yeah. biggest events, like the, the boat party came when I was running, because it just sparks you into life. And I've said that I, I, Andy's got a series of voice notes on a Saturday morning when I used to do my Saturday morning 10k every week. I'd sort of get out there early, go and do the 10K. And on the way back, I, I've said this before, but I always stop an out, a, a mile away from my house and walk back and like talk to the sky. I always, always have done it. I always will do it. And I just have this, because I feel quite spiritually connected after a run, yeah. especially, you know, yeah. being sober, sober sleep and all that stuff. And that's also when I'm at my most creative. So I start voice noting Andy that all this absolute nonsense for like ages, like 10 minute voice notes on the ideas for dry and ideas what we should do. And, I, I just think that's why I've almost got to do it. So over the last six months, 12 months, I've been battling with how to juggle weight lifting because that's important, how to juggle spinning. So I quite like doing that for fun and how to juggle yeah. running. And I was fortunate enough to be on one of your early um, cohorts for your running coaching, your group coaching, yeah. which was unbelievable. We did that through, well, there's probably about 10 of us, 12 of us that did that for, I don't know, through spring, summer, I think it was with the aim yeah. of, doing the half marathon in when was that marathon set of September was it it was, it was summertime I think wasn't it I think it was a bit earlier than that yeah it was sort of it, it was it was through spring I think wasn't it it was about three or four month block it was perfect timing wasn't it because I think there was two marathons that you guys sort of set signed up to like both of them were in London and I think then Robbie did one up near him because he couldn't get down because of the, the travel in the end but yeah it was perfect timing because it gave us like a sort of a I think it was about a 12-week window, which is about right to train for a half marathon. And, um, yeah, it was brilliant, like, just having that that sort of group dynamic where we all sort of kept each other accountable. And it was like we had, you know, like half, seven or eight sort of cheerleaders in the group. Like, if one of you didn't feel motivated one day, then someone else would put a run in the group, like sort of log their Strava run in the group, on the WhatsApp group. And then it's like, right, I've got to go and do mine now, sort of that motivation that people needed. But... Yeah, mate, I, I'm exactly the same as what you said. Like running is like running is therapy for me. It really, really is. And it has been for many years. And I did go through a period where I used it as a coping mechanism. And then that was when sort of that was during lockdown, actually. And then just after that was when I sort of went through a particularly poor period of mental health and, and realized that actually my normal coping mechanisms, you know, weren't good enough and I needed some, you know, some additional help. Um, but that's also when I decided to take a break from alcohol as well, funnily enough. And yeah, the, the two things that have been most transformational in my life over the last sort of two, two and a half, two years, really, you know, just, just gone, just ticked over two years alcohol free 
the two most important transformational things in my life have been running and taking a break from alcohol. And they just complement each other totally because, you know, when, when you're alcohol free, you're able to run better, your body recovers better, you get better sleep, you get better rest, um, you've got more energy, you've got more time to go and do these things. So being alcohol-free complements running, but running also complements being alcohol-free because it's something that you can do to fill that gap, that void when you might have thought, oh, when you get that urge, it's like, oh, I could do the drink, oh, oh, the lads are at the pub, I fancy get to the pub on a Friday night after work. It's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go for a run. And it just gives, for me, it just gives me that headspace. And like I do all of my best thinking you've done when I'm running. I literally, I use it as, I use it as a time to either clear my head if I've got stuff going on that I, I kind of want to sort of download if I've got sort of problems or there's, I'm in a bad mood or whatever and I want to sort of clear my head and maybe pop in a podcast and get into like a meditative state. But then also if I want to do some really deep thinking and processing of, of challenges or questions or problems I've got to solve or decisions I've got to make around business or whatever – I'll go out and go for a run or if I want to get that creative spark, I find that when I'm running, my, my brain is so creative. The problem I have is I never take a pen and paper with me and I don't want to get my phone out. I should probably do what you've been doing and put voice notes on there and just like talking to myself a little bit more because sometimes I get home and I think, shit, what was I thinking about? I had a great idea then. So I should be a bit better at that. But it's definitely, so it's, it's totally, it, like for me, it, it is, it's totally a therapy and it's it's meditative. You know, it really is. Sometimes I'll, I'll go on longer runs and I'll just get into a totally meditative state. Um, and like, I'll get home and I'll be like, I can't, I don't even remember half of most of that run, <laughs> you know? Mm. So it's, yeah. I mean, the two it's just in, go hand in hand for me. They do. And I think, yes, yeah, it's, it's something that, you know, the new wave of, doctors of the healthcare system they, they've got to look at stuff like that because you know you you challenge someone who's got mental health issues you, if you can get them outside running i think honestly that i'm not saying that's easy in any way shape or form i'm not saying that's the answer but it, it will help it'll give you a good it's, indication of where you're actually at it's um, certainly not going to make things worse that's for sure yeah exactly and i think yeah i can vouch for that and i i've got a question on that actually because when i see ultra marathon runners when i see people that run the you know david goggins or people that run these crazy distances or you i've always thought to myself do you need like is that does that come from from a real deep trauma place of deep trauma because in many ways and this is just my own curious question to you genuinely i've always thought it like that's actually crazy some of the like is it is it almost it's almost like a self-harm like to run 100 miles or 100 kilometers so and the like that the, the when you hear stories of it and you, you know, I've watched documentaries on it, the people that I've seen do it, which obviously are not many people, tend to have quite a traumatic story behind them, which seems to fuel them. And where I contradict myself is I've had quite a traumatic time, obviously, with what I've been through. And I don't have any indication to run 100 miles, particularly. Um, do you think there's any link between sort of deep trauma and the and then having the desire to really put yourself through that? Yeah, I think it's interesting conversation actually. And I have, I think I have heard a few podcasts on this. Like, I think there was one on Rich Roll recently with like an endurance athlete was talking about that. And I think that there is, there is perhaps sometimes a link there with, you know, someone who's gone through deep trauma and then uses 
you know, kind of not excessive, but endurance fitness, like fitness to exercise to a point which is beyond what what most people would seem normal, deem normal. They use that as kind of almost like an escapism or in some cases like I sort of use I sort of use the events that I do as almost like um a reminder of the fact that I'm I, I you know as human beings we're capable of achieving anything we want when we put to put our mind to it and I sort of use my running as as a reminder that I'm I'm able to do that in, in life in general you know what, whatever I can put my mind to if I can if I can go through a 16-week training plan and get myself through a 50-mile ultra marathon you know I'm just a pretty regular guy at the end of the day if I can do that put my body through that and my mind through that then I reckon I can pretty much do do most things I think I used I maybe used running historically as going back a few years I probably did in hindsight use running sometimes to try and run away or forget about my problems in much the same way as people would have used that would use alcohol sometimes um and it wasn't and I think it probably wasn't really until I started doing the deeper inner work, the mindset work, you know, going back sort of two years ago when I started working with my coaches at the time, mindset coaches, when, you know, that was when it was like, right, okay, you know, I'm, I'm perhaps using this in an unhealthy, I'm using running in an unhealthy way to sort of try and escape or forget about my problems. But as I say, just in the same way as people might do with alcohol, but that now like, I, I have fallen guilty of, and I am still sometimes, you know, guilty of running too much, like too excessively. It can become addictive, like it, it is an addiction, but it's a healthy addiction. And I've sort of learned better how to manage that and when to listen to my body, when to ease off, when to give myself a rest, when to push, you know, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think perhaps there is a is a connection with with not necessarily just trauma but perhaps you know kind of using it as escapism yeah super interesting stuff isn't it really interesting stuff and uh, yeah i've got i've I'm, I'm sort of we, we had a conversation off air about like what this year brings and i've been quite vocal about like the fact i want to do something crazy the force yeah. the running running 100 miles in one go or 100 kilometers freaks me out but i do like whenever I think these things, I'm like, well, it does get a comeback to running. So like we were talking about a few ideas beforehand and getting very excited and talking far too long. Um, <laughs> but we are, we are, I think there's going to be something this year, which we're going to put together, which is going to hopefully inspire people. And um, that's what we're here to do. What I, what I wanted to do the podcast with you for was to hope, you know, people that listen to this podcast are maybe thinking about going alcohol-free or going alcohol-free or going alcohol-free and maybe sitting there thinking, right, I've got all this time. I probably want to start doing exercise, but I don't know what to do. They're probably like, I'm not a runner because I hear that a million times because everyone thinks they're not a runner until they pick up a pair of running shoes, do it a few times, and then they get hooked, especially if you come off the booze because we generally that sort of personality. But mm. I suppose in terms of inspiring people, what what sort of advice do you have? So S Sally is, um, I'm making this up, Sally's just given up booze. She's seven days alcohol-free. She wanted to do it for the new year. She's thinking about running, but she's far too intimidated because she's not a runner. She's never run before in her life. She's 50 years old. Yeah. Um, what do you think Sally should do to motivate herself and get going? Yeah, well, I firstly, I, I, I vehemently believe that running is something that everyone can and should do, you know, at least try and do it. And, and running, you know, running doesn't have, doesn't have to mean you know, running around a track, doing really quick interval sprint sessions or running a marathon. Running can be 
like brisk walk up the road to warm up to get your heart rate up to get your blood flow and get your legs moving your muscles warmed up and then it can be running for 20 seconds between each lamppost and then walking that, that that's still running as far as i'm concerned if you run if you've ever run you are a runner and i think starting to use that sort of language with yourself i think really helps because you know our brains can't distinguish between what what is reality and, and, and what is not so if you start telling yourself, if you start using language with yourself and with other people, like, oh, I'm a runner, you're, you will naturally start to sort of believe that and become that. I think mm-hmm. in terms of a few sort of hints and tips, really, for people to start. So firstly, make it simple and easy. So kind of plan it out before. Know where you're going to run. Um, so, you know, if you, especially at this time of year when it's dark in the mornings at the night time, you know, and especially if you're a woman and you maybe feel a little bit unsafe, know where you're going to run, run somewhere where you feel safe, run somewhere where you know it's, it's, it's well lit and there might be other people around, get your kit ready beforehand so you don't have to think about it too much. Like that, if you do, the more you think about it, the more you give your inner voice, the opportunity to talk you out of it, to almost like seize that opportunity. Secondly, make it fun running should be fun like i always say if 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 running should running should fit around life not the other way around and it shouldn't feel like a chore so things like joining a social group running with others going to your local park run finding a play or making a playlist like if you're going to go out and run for five minutes make a or ten minutes make a playlist that lasts for that long of songs that you really enjoy that will take your mind off it um possibly even throw some little intervals in there, some short, sharp bursts, as I say, between lampposts. That will just mix it up a little bit as opposed to just going and seeing how far or how fast you can run each time. Run your own race, I think, is a really important one as well. Like, we get too caught up on other people and what other people are doing. And it's as important, run your own race is as important for someone who's starting running, running as it is for someone like me who does ultramarathons because... The, the worst thing that I can do in an ultramarathon is focus on what someone else is doing and try to compete with them because, you know, I'm going to be out there for 10, 11, 12 hours. If I'm trying to compete the whole time or run with someone else the whole time, I don't know what they've trained at, what pace they've trained at, or, you know, when they're going to stop or what they're going to eat or anything like that. You just got to forget about other people, run your own race. Don't worry. Don't worry what others are doing. Believe me, every single runner is more interested in their own running than anyone else's so if you're going mm. out you know people are looking at me and people are judging me they're not no no mm. one is no one's paying any attention um and then another really good one is don't focus on the end goal so having a goal in mind is, is really good like i always recommend setting yourself a target whether you're starting out and you want to run 5k you want to do your local park run in eight weeks time or whatever it might be or you want to run a marathon or ultra marathon have a goal in mind realistic and achievable um but don't fall into that trap of sort of overthinking about the end goal at the start of the journey because it's likely to feel unachievable. And if you think at the start, if you start on day one when I'm training for an ultra or a marathon, I don't think, right, day one training, I've got to run out and run that, go out and run that distance because that's not realistic. That's not achievable. I think, right, what is the first brick that I'm going to put in this wall and then build the wall brick by brick? So you've got the foundations, you put the first brick in, and then just look at every single training one as a brick in that wall. And then you build that wall over that period of time. And then yeah. final one really as well, which I think is a, a difficult one for some people to get their heads around, but it's a proven method of training for improving your um, performance, your ability to run 
quicker and, and run further. And it's a, the method that I essentially use to coach people is the 80-20 rule. So do 80% of your weekly running volume, your miles, at a really, really, really easy pace. Like th- I'm talking four out of 10 efforts. So if you think walking pace is like one or two out of 10, if you think you're on a treadmill, treadmill and you're increasing the pace and you get to sort of two out of 10, you're sort of kind of going to a brisk walk and then you break into a very slow jog, that's really about the four out of 10 effort. So it feels quite counterproductive and it feels a little bit unnatural to people. And I know you guys struggled with it a little bit, didn't you? When when I was coaching you guys, you guys were a bit like, really? Do we have to, yeah. should, should we not be running a bit quicker? And I'm like, trust me, you know, just just trust, trust the program, stick to the program, trust the process. And um, yeah, the easiest way to know if you're running at the right pace, that, that eight, eight, that four out of ten effort is is it conversational? If you were if you were running with someone else at that pace, could you hold conversation with relative ease? And if you couldn't, then you're probably running a bit too quickly. Yeah, they are brilliant tips, mate. I really appreciate that. And that let that one at the end leads me on to my final question because this is one I struggle with. And I think a lot of people do it. So I think you, I don't know what you call it. I think there's a name for it, like a slang for it, but the the, the ego. Strava, the ego, the minutes per mile. And um, for example, right now, you know, I went out and ran 5K yesterday at like nine and a half minute miles. Um, not because I wasn't trying to go particularly fast or slow. That's just, that's just what I had on the day, and which is <clears throat> considerably slower than what I can do. But it's like there is this thing for maybe it's more of a male thing, um, but obviously a lot of people wear smartwatches and it gets automatically uploaded to Strava. I would never delete a run um, because of my time. And I have learned to accept it. And I think thanks to the 8020 rule that you've introduced, which also I've read about, and you know, having that that dropping that ego and going, actually, I'm going to run 10-minute miles or 11-minute miles. Um, it's quite free and liberating to do that. But there is then that tendency for people to put in the title of Strava, slow run on Low, long slow run today low heart rate run or whatever it is i don't do yeah. that either anymore so i i'm but what i suppose yesterday it, when i was actually running looking at my watch and seeing i think i was in kilometers to be fair so i think it was like six minute ten kilometers or something like that it, as a live pace and yeah. i was just thinking oh my god because i i was so disheartened because that's slow and I, it wasn't that it's slow um, intentionally, like an 8.20. It's slow because it's been Christmas now, run for ages. And I found it quite demotivating. I did, I'm lucky enough that I'm I'm big and strong enough to know that that that's all I can re- reframe it and say, okay, well, that was that's the first one outside done after Christmas. Hopefully they'll be quicker after that. But yeah, what's your advice around pace, ego, and you know any worries people have with that? Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to sort of patience and, you know, be, being willing to, you know, put, put the effort in over and being being patient, but also being consistent because um, consistency plus time equals progress, you know, and you're not going to make progress over one week, two weeks. You probably see a little bit of difference over a month, but, you know, there's a reason why a marathon plan is generally 16 weeks, half marathon would be 12 weeks, you know, from naught to 5k I'd recommend six to eight weeks you know you're going to need to to spend time doing it and build consistency and I think that if you can sort of start to do that and and it's that old saying you know we we 
totally overestimate what we can achieve in one year, but underestimate what we can do in 10. It's the same with running. We over overestimate what we can achieve in one week, but underestimate what we could achieve in 10. You know, and I think just just taking taking time to sort of ease into it because there is that also consideration around injury and preventing injury and you know the easiest way to get an injury which i think a few of you in the group did do didn't you when you started going out you all started running out and running quicker than i told you to further than i told you to and i'm just sat there going i told you i told you and like you're dropping like flies and after that you learn your lesson if you listen to me um but i think just just yeah reining back the pace taking it really steady with those that eight percent of your running but then one run a one run a week do put in some of that that top end stuff you know do put in some intervals some hints, hill sprints progression runs threshold tempo runs you know do put in you know a, a sort of a you know anything from like 15 to 30 to maybe 40 minutes worth of higher higher end stuff where you are pushing your you know your heart rate up towards its maximum you know to sort of stress it stress it and sort of activate you know your higher vo2 system and you know kind of improve your recovery and all that kind of stuff so so that use that one run a week as that you know that play time you know i love i love my speed work you know when i do my one session a week i love pushing myself to the point where i kind of feel like i finished the my intervals and i feel like i'm about to throw up it's like yeah that feels great <laughs> in a sadistic way that is statistic, mate. I remember you get setting me the hill sprints, mate, and I was cursing you all the way up every time. <laughs> um, but I know, like, I, I made the tragic error. Well, actually, it's not an error, really, but I live in probably the flattest part of the UK. So trying to find a hill took me 5K to run there. And, uh, <laughs> did, did the hill sprints. And then uh, I was like, oh, me, <laughs> I have to run back. It was like, the, it was the painful run back which got me. But yeah, mate, I can't, I cannot recommend for somebody who's run, like I've said, for on and off 25 years, cannot recommend having a coach high, like highly enough. I can't, can't recommend having a coach in anything highly enough. But yeah. I was surprised with running. And I think it's a mixture of having you, someone who's great, and I, I can't yeah. sing praises enough. And I really thank you for all the help you've given me. And, you know, it's, we're, we're just getting started together. And the group you set up, because that accountability, like you say, was so helpful. You know, you yeah. get up one day and someone's posted a run, you're like, for fuck's sake, I've got to get up. But then you've got that, that the smugness of posting your own run once you've done it. And it was, we all just yeah. like helped each other massively, apart from yeah. probably a bit too, got too excited and did cause herself the odd injury. But that wasn't for any fault of your own. That was just us being yeah. lads getting out of control. But yeah. um, you are introducing a new group coaching sort of scheme for this year that kicks off next week i think doesn't it do you want to just talk about that briefly yeah that's right yeah on the 8th on monday the 8th so i did um obviously i did um the coaching stuff with you guys in the group and that was kind of what and at the same time it was when i was doing andy's um positive psychology diploma course as well and um i've had a running coach for years so obviously i've seen the benefit and 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 recognize the benefits in my own performance so kind of knew the value in it and for me it was always it wasn't about I needed a coach to sort of tell me what runs to do these days I like having a coach because it kind of keeps me accountable to someone um, and it also just takes the hassle out of me having to think about what I'm going to do you know but then also having a a bit of a um, uh, a devil's advocate to sort of bounce things off like if I have got a bit of a niggle or if I'm not feeling well or if I'm, I'm in an iron and about whether I'm at the right level to to do a to do a race, it's good to have some someone to bounce ideas off. But then I did 
you guys with the half marathon group, which worked really well. And I sort of saw that there was something in that. And then I did run sober in October, which was um uh, the, the the first five week group coaching program that I did with people like Jody, Holly, Amanda, Caroline. Um, there's a few other people from the from the dry up, all ladies that did um, that coached from the dry up and took them on their first sort of running journey and progressed them from sort of, you know, a lot of them from nothing up to, to 5k. And, um, you know, I think that on the back of that, that they, they all, they all, A, they all grew into it. They all came with the same challenges, limiting self-beliefs, I can't do this, I'm not a runner, you know, I can't, all this kind of stuff. Some of them had tried couch to 5k in the past and got like two or three weeks in and never quite made it stick. Um, but I think they all just flourished in the group dynamic. You know, as you say, having other people there sort of cheerleading you, supporting you, encouraging you, you know, when you're maybe not having, having a day where you're not quite feeling right, seeing other people go out for a run. And then also that sort of weekly group get together where we spend half an hour each month, or things on a Sunday night, we did it where we got together in, on a Zoom call and just chatted through the previous week's training, challenges that they had, how they felt, you know, all this kind of stuff, and then sort of teed up the following week's runs as well. And it just really helped with that, you know, sort of self-belief and kind of mindset approach. And I used a bit of the positive psychology stuff going into it as well, like sort of using different language and the way that we approach it and the way that we talk to ourselves. And just that that combination of it really helped. And you, you don't get that. You can download a plan online, like Catch to 5K or 10K or Half Marathon or Marathon, whatever. You can download plans but you don't get personalised support, encouragement, um, advice, accountability with those plans. And like the girls, we've kept the WhatsApp group open and the ladies, we all still post in there. The ladies still post their runs in there. So I've not been out for a few days. I've not been out for a couple of weeks. And a couple of them now are saying, oh, actually, I'm quite quite interested in moving on to your 10K plan as well. So, so they start on Monday, Monday the 8th, 5K and 10K group running coaching programmes, eight-week programmes, um, designed to take you from 0 to 5k or if you're already doing or if you've done sort of 5k in recent history and you feel like you you're all right with that you could go up to 10k so take you on that next bit of the journey um but yeah it's just a really a great dynamic it's just a, a totally different way of you know sort of approaching it um so i've got a nice collection of people so far on each there's still a still a few places to to take up really um it's 99 quid so it's like 12 pound 50 a week the equivalent cost of like two or three drinks in a pub a week um but two or three drinks see, up yeah, north just... mate that's... <laughs> yeah maybe yeah, it's that... one it's one in, yeah, that's one in london, london. <laughs> yeah um yeah and where can people sign up mate or find out more yeah so they can dm me in the app um, I can send them a little um, link to a Google form. They can complete their, their details, email address, and and um, I can then send them an email just with a Q&A document. I'm also doing, um, actually it's tonight, so by the time this comes out, I've done it, but um, like sort of Q&A Zoom calls, which I'll do again in January if people don't sign up in January and they want to sort of maybe think about it for February. I'll, I'll promote and advertise like free uh, that 30 minute Q&A Zoom call where you can just jump on a Zoom with me and I'll answer any questions that you've got about the plan and you know talk a little bit about the, the training so but it's really you know it, the plan is structured so it takes you it really eases you into it you know and you just make that it's progression over perfection and you you slowly progress 
through the diff- distance week by week and you just sort of grow into it really and it, it sort of builds your fitness and your stamina and your confidence you know not just on a weekly basis but on a daily basis you know there's three three runs a week really which you need to do um they're all sort of slightly different runs as well which keeps it interesting um but yeah i can i can anyone who's interested drop me a dm and uh, i can send them some more information brilliant and that's running dry rich isn't it your username in the dry app running dry rich yeah on the on the um uh on the app and then i'm running dry rich running dry underscore rich on instagram um so they can find me on instagram as well and i sort of i I promote the videos and stuff to promote the programs on instagram and facebook as well brilliant and what are you on strava just rich caseman just rich caseman i think yeah yeah, I would say I'm not going to tell you my buddy's mapping, but don't. <laughs> if you want a little laugh, if you want a good laugh, come and follow me on Strava as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you guys, if you are thinking about this, if you're giving up the booze and you want to take a little uh, dip your toe into the world of running, Rich is your man. I can promise you, I've done it myself, and it's well worth it. So give it a go. And also, if you're just inspired to take up a running, and even if you're running around the block after this episode, let us know as well because it's always nice to hear from you guys. Rich, drop it into been... run, running dry as well drop it into the running dry part of the app yes running dry group yeah we've got a running dry group we didn't even get to that but we could be I've, i reckon we need to do another one mate because i've got loads more questions i didn't get to ask you but we're running out of time um yeah, yeah. get onto the running dry uh, group which is in the dry app it's free to join that group it's free to download that app so why would you not do it um that's all we've got time for uh rich it's been a pleasure mate thank you for everything that you do and you also rich goes live on saturday mornings into the drive at 7 30 a.m as well because he's just such a busy guy he also happens to be the founder of clean break which is uh, an alcohol-free beer um oh, you do too much mate to list but they're, they're your main things aren't they that, yeah they're, they're all the main things i do there's lots of them but yeah essentially the clean break is really um the main thing but that that consists of the beer and, and coaching because it's a lifestyle brand more than anything else um but yeah running dry rich and, and i do my lives on a saturday morning kind of a, a mr motivator slash david goggins kind of style but i'm looking forward to it being sunny and light again in the morning so i can get out and run and uh do the live whilst i'm out and about as opposed to being inside not long to go now mate not long to go now but um thank you guys thank you rich for listening don't forget if you haven't download the dry app d-r-y-y app it's free to download load of alcohol free inspiration there's loads of people piling in there big shout out to the people doing the get dry january course because that is popping off there's loads more to come this year we've got dry fest around the corner we've got loads of things planned it's all going off so yeah get to the dry app when you can come and say hello and we've also got an event on the 20th of January, which you can find out if you go into the meet, dry meat section or the event section of the app. 20th of Jan, tickets are only 20 quid a year, free drink, central London. Come and meet us one till four. Let's do that. Have a fantastic week, whatever you guys are doing. We'll be back next Friday. Um, hopefully I'll get Crystal back for that and we'll catch up then. Rich, thank you so much, mate. Legend, mate. Cheers, pal. All right, we'll see you later.